Section 30 of the Watergate Report, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 2, Section 30. 1. In Defense of the President, A Gun to Our Head. The White House paper on the milk price support decision was issued earlier this year to rebut the allegation that a promise of political contributions from the dairy industry induced the president to increase the milk price support level in March 1971. Conceding that the decision was not based solely on economic arguments, which was the initial administration position, the rebuttal takes up three themes. One, the principal reason for the president's decision was congressional pressure a gun to our head in the form of bills requiring an increase coupled with the desire on the president's part to avoid a veto which might cost him farm support in his re-election effort two the economic merits of the case for an increase were taken into account and events since the time of the decision have shown that the increase was in fact in the national interest and three although the president was motivated by traditional political considerations the milk producers political activity including their two million dollar pledge and contributions did not influence the president's decision and were in any event small compared to the president's overall fundraising effort the committee submits the following analysis of the contentions in the white paper one congressional pressure the white paper suggests that a price support bill possibly even veto-proof, was certain to pass Congress, and that the President, in order to retain administrative flexibility and farmers' political support, adopted a compromise approach. The White Paper's analysis overstates the extent and timing of Congressional support. Moreover, the President's action was not a compromise measure, but in fact was more favorable to dairy farmers than nearly all the pending bills. A. Extent of Congressional Support the white paper appears to overstate the strength of congressional efforts as it affected the president's decision in its calculation of the senators and congressmen who put a gun to the president's head the white house includes a number of bills and co-sponsors not identified until after the president announced his decision the white paper states immediately following the agriculture department announcement of march twelfth nineteen seventy one a campaign was initiated on Capitol Hill by both Democrats and Republicans for mandatory legislation to increase the parity level to 85 or 90 percent. Thirty separate bills were introduced in the House of Representatives between March 16th and March 25th with this specific goal in mind. 125 members of the House of Representatives introduced or co-sponsored legislation to support the price of manufacturing milk at a level of not more than 90% nor less than 85%. With 29 senators and more than 100 congressmen actively spearheading the effort to achieve an increased parity rate for the dairy industry, it thus became increasingly clear that mandatory legislation would be enacted. In fact, the figure 30 separate bills mentioned in the white house press release includes eight bills not introduced until after the president made his decision furthermore of the 125 members of the house of representatives mentioned above 32 congressmen did not co-sponsor legislation until after the president's decision 
whereas the white paper states that twenty-nine senators were actively spearheading the effort only two senators introduced the legislation and not all of the additional twenty-seven co-sponsors had added their names to the bills by march twenty-third when the president acted senator gaylord nelson democrat wisconsin introduced s twelve seventy seven on march sixteenth nineteen seventy one to support the price of milk at no less than eighty five percent of parity on march nineteenth nineteen seventy one senator hubert humphrey democrat minnesota introduced his own bill s twelve ninety four calling for an eighty five percent minimum senate procedure permits a senator to add his name to a previously introduced bill and records of the senate enrolling clerk indicate that the twenty-seven co-sponsors were not formally added until april fifth nineteen seventy one thirteen days after the president had made his decision records of certain senators indicate that at least several senators communicated their position to nelson by march twenty third but that at least one did so afterward but before april fifth thus available records do not support the white house contention that twenty-nine senators had publicly supported the bill by march twenty third but even if it is assumed that most of these twenty-seven senators one republican and twenty-six democrats decided between march sixteenth and march twenty third to co-sponsor the nelson bill and that they communicated their decision to the white house the total number of supporters including senators nelson and humphrey represented less than one-third of the senate the white paper states that by march twenty fifth one hundred and twenty five congressmen co-sponsored legislation to support the price of milk at not less than eighty five per cent the white paper goes too far in two respects first the actual number of co-sponsors was one hundred and eighteen the apparent error in the white paper probably resulted in part from double counting those members who co-sponsored more than one bill second by the afternoon of march twenty third the more relevant date when according to the white paper the president announced his decision only ninety congressmen or twenty one per cent of the house membership had co-sponsored bills calling for support at eighty five per cent or more of parity b the likelihood and timing of passage one can only speculate whether any of the bills would have passed both houses of congress to some extent the number of co-sponsors indicates support for the increase and the white house paper itself lays great stress on the number of sponsors in addition influential members of congress including some key members of the democratic congressional leadership supported the bills as noted above the congressional support resulted at least in part from an intensive lobby by the dairy co-ops of dairy states representatives and there is a question whether the bills would have gained sufficient support for passage from representatives of other areas enactment of a price support bill if forthcoming at all was not imminent in march nineteen seventy one the nineteen seventy one activities on capitol hill must be evaluated within the context of the overall legislative process under normal circumstances several events precede the enactment of legislation dealing with the milk price support level after a bill is introduced it is referred to the committee responsible for agriculture bills of the house in which it was introduced the committee requests from the department of agriculture a report evaluating the bill in order to acquire sufficient information upon which to base its report to the full senator house the committee usually conducts hearings on the bill considering the evidence gathered during its hearings the committee submits a report on the bill to the full senate or house 
the bill must of course pass both houses of congress before it is sent to the president for his consideration of course on occasion bills are moved rapidly through the legislative process as of march twenty third nineteen seventy one no hearings had been conducted or even scheduled for the purpose of considering milk price support legislation at that point the department of agriculture had not issued a report on any of the bills although a usda report was requested by the senate and house agriculture committees on three bills setting an eighty five percent minimum s twelve seventy seven s twelve ninety four and h r sixty one eighty eight four months later in july nineteen seventy one the department issued an unfavorable report in h r sixty one eighty eight in light of the chronology of events prior and subsequent to march twenty third the president's alleged reaction was at best premature c the question of a presidential veto the white paper does not say that the president could not have successfully vetoed a price support bill it states that such a move would have been foolish and futile and politically disastrous that he could not veto it without alienating the farmers an essential part of his political constituency here again the white paper contradicts the president's own prior statement in his november seventeenth press conference the president stated that he was advised that the congress would be able to override his veto of any milk price support legislation however in the above quoted passage from the white paper it is evident that the president questioned not his ability but the political wisdom with respect to his chances for re-election of exercising his veto power it is not clear why the president considered it foolish and futile to stick by a long-standing agricultural policy of his administration of moving away from federal policies which provide massive subsidies to agriculture the emphasis on the white paper and seemingly at the march twenty third meeting was thus not on the possibility of a veto being overridden but rather on the politically disastrous impact of a veto on the president's political constituency d impact of the president's decision with regard to the impact of the president's decision on price support policies the president's action was no less mandatory than the bills introduced in congress as noted above the price support level announced by the administration in march of each year may not subsequently be lowered during that year therefore the increase in the price support level established by the president was effective for one year the same time period proposed in each of the bills introduced in response to secretary hardin's initial announcement more than neutralizing congressional demands the president exceeded the impact of a legislated price support increase in two significant respects first the administration established a support level of four dollars and ninety three cents per hundredweight a level one cent higher than that called for in virtually every bill introduced in nineteen seventy one various experts including the department of agriculture's leading economist dr parlberg have estimated that the total cost of the march nineteen seventy one increase was at least fifty million dollars and perhaps three hundred million dollars and might have been much higher were it not for the general inflationary trend based on this estimate the one cent addition to the suggested eighty five per cent level was worth two million to ten million dollars more than thirty four of the thirty six bills introduced in congress second the president's decision was of even greater impact on consumer milk prices because of its timing 
than a comparable minimum support level which might have been legislated later by congress as noted above some time was likely to have passed following march nineteen seventy one before congress and the president and in the event of a presidential veto congress again would have been able to enact milk price support legislation during the so-called spring flush period when milk production and the supply of milk are customarily greatest milk prices are at their nadir later in the year milk prices customarily rise and the support level has little or no direct effect on prices producers and consumers pay for milk in nineteen seventy one a legislated increase in the support level almost assuredly would not have become effective by april first and would thus have had less impact on the cost of milk to consumers and the government during at least part of the spring flush period as well as the remainder of the year in contrast the president's decision in march raised the support level just in time to have the maximum impact on milk prices in the president's november seventeenth press conference before the associated press managing editors the president said that his concern in march seventy one was that i don't want to have the price jigged up here if we can keep it and get the supply with the present support price two justification on the merits of the president's decision as explained above there were arguments advanced by dairy leaders and by certain members of congress in march nineteen seventy one in favor of a milk price support increase particularly in view of rising farm costs and falling income and the select committee did not weigh the merits of the economic arguments for and against an increase the allegation investigated by the committee with respect to the president's decision is not whether he made the right decision but whether he or his aides under his direction made the decision at least in part for the wrong reasons that is in contemplation of or because of an offer of political contributions quite understandably the white house in its white paper does not contend that the economic merits for an increase constituted the sole reason for the president's decision or that it was even one of the two fundamental themes of the march twenty third afternoon meeting when the president announced his decision true the merits of the case had presumably been presented to the president and the white paper says they were a factor upon which the president based his decision however at the time the president made his decision key agricultural experts in the executive branch responsible for the price support program were against a higher price support level on the merits the white paper is willing to assert only that treasury secretary connolly argued that the milk industry's case also had merit on strictly economic grounds and rising costs for dairy producers were mentioned at the march twenty third afternoon meeting in his testimony before the select committee before the issuance of the white paper secretary connolly did not recall any reference at the meeting to increased feed costs the sole justification stated by secretary hardin in his public announcement of the increase two days later and presumably the strongest economic ground for a price increase dr rice of omb recalls no sophisticated economic discussion at the meeting and in fact hardin and campbell were still opposed at the outset of the meeting to an increase on the economic merits none the less the white paper attempts to justify the president's decision by claiming that in hindsight the decision proved to be sound economics the committee questions the probative nature of this hindsight justification in view of the issue of a quid pro quo 
moreover the usda's chief economist dr parlberg disputes the accuracy and relevancy of the white paper's analysis the white paper refers to the downward trend in milk production in the late nineteen sixties and the decision by secretary hardin in march nineteen seventy to grant a substantial price increase to reverse this trend it also notes that the nineteen seventy increase the largest ever granted by an administration at the start of a marketing year helped to end the decline and that the nineteen seventy one increase provided still further assurances against the resumption of a downward trend in production the problem with this proof is that it consists of a truism higher price supports usually mean more production and like all truisms it proves nothing of more relevance is the fact that at the time of the increase in march nineteen seventy one there was unanimous agreement among all government experts apparently including secretary hardin and undersecretary campbell that milk production would rise substantially with a four dollar and sixty six cent support level although not quite as much as with a four dollar and ninety three cent level the white paper argues that the level of government purchases was at least relatively lower in the nineteen seventy two fiscal year which it asserts is the fiscal year in question rather than in nineteen seventy one in fact its emphasis on the fiscal year july first to june thirtieth rather than the marketing year april first to march thirty first is in part misplaced since milk supply is usually greatest during the spring months say april may and june immediately following the price support decision each march milk prices are more likely to fall to the support level requiring the government to purchase greater amounts during that period than at other times of the year therefore contrary to the suggestion in the white paper the high figures for the nineteen seventy one fiscal year which cover the crucial april may june period immediately following the president's decision in march nineteen seventy one are at least as relevant to assessing the impact of the president's decision as do figures for fiscal year nineteen seventy two the white paper tries to minimize the fact of high milk production in nineteen seventy one seventy two by showing a drop in ccc inventories as of january thirty first for the years nineteen sixty eight through nineteen seventy two dr parlberg made several criticisms of that presentation first he pointed out that there is nothing to demonstrate that the january date is a representative time of the marketing year second since inventories are a function of both purchases and distribution these figures do not necessarily prove that the government bought less instead it may have decided to distribute more third even if inventories were low as a result of a low level of production and purchases dr parlberg testified that the need for milk for distribution for usda and other governmental programs is not a proper basis to raise the milk price support level he pointed out that if more milk is needed by the government the ccc is empowered to go into the market and buy it instead of pushing up the support level of all milk marketed in the country with regard to the inflationary impact of the president's decision it was worth anywhere from fifty million dollars to several hundred million dollars to the dairy farmers the white paper conceded that the retail price of whole milk rose in nineteen seventy one seventy two but stated that the rate of increase was less than the general rate of inflation and that without more production occasioned by the president's decision milk prices would have been even higher three milk producer contributions and the president the white house paper states that 
although the president was advised of the milk producers two million dollar pledge and on march twenty third of their decision to begin making political contributions this information did not influence his decision that day to reinforce this denial it attempts to show one that the actual amount of reported milk producer contributions of several hundred thousand dollars to the president's campaign was a relatively insignificant part of the president's campaign effort and two that these presidential contributions were a relatively small proportion of the total amount of milk producer contribution activity the facts are that one when the president made his decision the milk producer commitment represented one of the three largest and earliest pledges to his campaign at a time when he trailed in a leading presidential poll and there was every reason to expect that the commitment would be honored and two the milk producers contributed far more to the president than to all other nineteen seventy two presidential candidates combined a significance to the president of milk producer contributions when the president considered the price support decision in march nineteen seventy one he was deciding a matter of great financial interest to one of his most important contributors the president knew that the milk producers had pledged two million dollars to his campaign even by the standards of the nineteen seventy two presidential campaign this amount was enormous representing one of the three largest pledges to his campaign and a full one-twentieth of his entire projected campaign budget of forty million dollars nor did the president and his fundraisers as of march twenty third nineteen seventy one have any reason not to expect the full amount of the pledge after all by that time the milk producers had already contributed one hundred thousand dollars in cash in nineteen sixty nine to the president's chief fundraiser the events that ultimately led to a cessation of milk producer contributions to the president before the two million dollar pledge was fulfilled did not take place until long after the president's decision in march nineteen seventy one and there was no reason to anticipate them at that time indeed as discussed below Republican fundraisers were still working in early 1972, and again in October 1972, to obtain first the full $2 million and then later at least $1 million. The milk money was particularly important to the President in two other respects. First, the pledge, made over two years before the election and apparently reaffirmed on March 23rd and 24th, 1971, represented the early money which is critical to every campaign second since the dairy co-op leadership normally made substantial contributions to the democratic presidential nominee and in march nineteen seventy one one presidential poll showed the president trailing the leading democratic candidate senator muskie by a full five percentage points the pledge took on an even greater significance b significance to the milk producers of their contributions to the president according to the white paper the milk producers reported contributions to the president's nineteen seventy two campaign of approximately four hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars in addition they delivered one hundred thousand dollars in cash in nineteen sixty nine and there is evidence that another two hundred thousand dollars was provided to his campaign in late nineteen seventy two taking just the reported contributions however they amounted to a substantial portion of their overall contribution activity the white paper tries to minimize the some four hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars by comparing it to contributions of the three dairy trusts to all candidates at all levels 
this comparison is misleading since the dairy trusts contributed to hundreds of federal state and local candidates not one of whom reportedly received from the dairymen more than one-sixth of the amount they contributed to the president with respect to dairy trust reported contributions in the nineteen seventy two presidential campaign certainly a more relevant measure of dairy participation in presidential politics than that used by the white paper the dairymen's reported contributions to the president were more than three times greater than those to all democratic presidential candidates combined what's more the greater portion two hundred and thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars was contributed prior to april seventh nineteen seventy two while all democratic candidates were reportedly receiving slightly more than eighteen thousand dollars from the dairymen the white paper claims that the president had in mind support of the milk producers only at the polls when he made his decision in their favor by all accounts however the support they had promised of which he was aware and in fact provided included substantial contributions to the president's campaign perhaps the most cogent argument in this connection are the facts which speak for themselves as discussed above at the same time the president was making his decision privately his top aides were arranging for the milk producers to reaffirm their support as a condition for the public announcement of the increase the dairymen agreed the announcement was made and as detailed in the following section the promised contributions began to flow end of section thirty